Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and from a safe social distance, uh, Dairy Field head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Joe. As we talked about earlier, I had a, a whirlwind tour as an AD today. I was uh, traveling around. We had a virtual sports awards and then uh, handed out some actual hardware today. So it was uh, good for the soul to see uh, to see some of my kids in person today. So it was a lot of fun. You said you drove around the state, too, and, and can report that it is still there. Um, it is still hear. there. It is I, good. I don't think I've wandered outside <laughs> of like the Nashua Hollis area in like a month. So it's good to hear. So I went, I went all the way out to, uh, so I'm living in Brentwood now. We're all the way out to, to Amherst. And then I looped down to, uh, Brookline and Hollis and then over into Wyndham, uh, down over down into Andover mass and then back up, uh, towards Manchester and then, uh, ultimately finished back out here towards the seacoast and, uh, Epping and Exeter today. So Ooh. got some, got some miles, but luckily it was, it was on the school. On yeah, the I was going to say, uh, I, hope, I hope you get so. paid mileage. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, uh, of course, we, we took last week off to kind of, uh, I think, recharge our batteries a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's been funny. I said this to a couple of people uh, throughout the last couple of weeks that a season with no games um, has feels like it's been just as taxing as a season with games. So, uh, yeah, we, we recharged our batteries a little bit. Uh, we're, we're ready to go here back this week and we will be for a couple more weeks beyond. And uh, today we'll be uh, joined by Manchester Central girls lacrosse coach Erin Duffy. Uh, she's going to talk to us a little bit about the Little Green and uh, what, you know, what they uh, had hoped to get this year and, and what they'll be looking for for next year. Uh, we'll also take some time uh, to discuss something that, uh, Chris, you and I talked about in April. I don't remember if we mentioned it on the podcast or if it was just uh, back and forth a little bit. An idea that seems to be maybe being tossed around a little bit more is, is moving some of the seasons around. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, as always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. You can listen to the lacrosse show Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, one other thing, consider this your, uh, your final warning, your final announcement. Uh, Friday, June 12th, is the deadline to order a senior page. So if you uh, were planning on getting one of those, you've got until uh, midnight Friday night to get yours. So go to nh-highschoolsports.com, click on the Senior Pages tab uh, up at the top of the page, and reserve yours. I got mine in for my guys. I can't wait. They're going to look great. And uh, so hopefully if you're out there listening, get yours in as well. Um, I know they are, Joe. You, you've been you've been working hard. You got a lot of them produced, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really nice. It's gonna be good for the kids. So, thank you for doing that for my kids, and uh, hoping other coaches will take advantage of that. Yeah, thank thank you for signing up for them, and thank you to everyone else that has already signed up. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, it's been kind of uh, crazy the last week or two, or uh, yeah, probably the last week, just getting in. Uh, you know, these all these stats and and info and and from the questionnaires that that uh, been sending out. If you haven't gotten one yet, I'm I'm getting them to you. Uh, don't worry. So if you haven't seen one, don't worry. I, you're on my on my email list here. Uh, so yeah, I'll be getting more of those out, and um, hopefully you get a few more to sign up. Uh, I think I'd be. Uh, I think it's gonna. I think people are gonna like them. Um, I've you know so far I finished a couple and, and gotten some pretty good feedback. Uh, so yeah, I hope I hope everyone likes them. Good. So uh, before we bring in Aaron, uh, I wanted to ask you, Coach, about uh, some things I've been seeing on social media the last, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 days or so. Um, you know, I, I've been following on Instagram the, 
the uh, hooligans and uh, Four Leaf and Tomahawks and GSE, and it seems like everybody's uh, starting to get out and have their uh, what their nine-person practices and running some drills and uh, what what exactly has been going on the last week or so. Joe, it's been fantastic. I mean, uh, you, you don't realize how much you, you, you care about something or how much you miss it until it's taken away from you. Isn't that always the case? And, uh, you know, it really it really hit home. Uh, we started actually, uh, the Tomahawk program started um, last Thursday. We had practice this Tuesday as well, and we'll have practice again tomorrow. Uh, and we are. We're doing small group practices right now. Um, we, we're lucky in the fact that we have a giant facility at Joppa Hill in Bedford, where we have basically the equivalent of four football fields uh, on one facility, and we're able to take our teams and split them up by position. And we, we have been, we've been doing groups of no larger than 10, uh, nine and a coach. Um, but most of the time they've been smaller than that. Um, our first three practices were for, uh, we did them for free for the, the kids who missed the spring. And uh, so we've just been doing skills and drills. And um, you know, it's been, it's been really good. It's almost been like a, a summer camp atmosphere. Um, there's a lot more teaching been going on. There, there hasn't, you know, obviously you can't have a focus on gameplay right now. So, um, you know, getting back to mechanics and the basics and, um, you know, it, it, we were wondering how the kids would respond. Would they really want to be into it? But they are so thrilled to be back out there. They're thrilled to see their friends. And, um, you yeah, know, it was, it was good for everybody. It was definitely good for the soul for the coaches, too. You could see the coaches were smiling and just happy to be back out there. And I'll tell you who I think missed it the most. Uh, the parents. I mean, they were being they were being uh, they were being good and they were being socially distant. But there was like a party atmosphere up in the parking lot. I think a lot of people that hadn't seen each other in a long time, a lot of summer friends uh, finally getting back together again and seeing each other. So it, it was great for everyone. Yeah, maybe, really maybe just getting a few minutes or, or an hour or so away from each other, too. You know, you've been, been stuck inside for for how long now? Um, you know, just getting out around different people. It must help. And, um, you know, it's it, it's funny you mentioned. um you know, where are the kids going to be into it? And I feel like, um, you know, a lot of the coaches that I've talked to this spring have all kind of had that same thought. You know, I, I had, you know, 15 freshmen coming in, you know, are they going to come back next year? What is their, what are, is their interest going to be in the off season? Are they going to keep working? What's it going to be like? We were so ready to go. And a lot of the kids that I've talked to, you know, when I have brought that up, they've been like, are, are you crazy? They're, they're going to be itching to get out there these kids are probably going to be more or maybe not all of them but more you know driven and dedicated because of what happened this year so it's it's interesting to hear hear it from both sides from what the coaches say and worry about and then hear what the kids think too yeah you know and and i think the other thing uh you know i talked to all my coaches before we went out there said there's nothing you there's nothing you can't do you just have to change the way you teach it you know, for example, I had coaches asking, well, well, how are we going to teach pick and roll in the two man game and different things like that? Well, you can teach parts of it, right? You can teach the part full. You can use cones and different things to represent a player on the field. And you're teaching, you know, maybe the pick part of it and, and the roll off. Um, but no, you're not playing. You, you can't do all the things you'd normally do. But if you're creative, there's a lot of re- really cool things that you can do. And I, I think it's actually in the long run going to force us all to be better coaches and really think through how we're teaching different drills and maybe get us out of, you know, just uh, old standbys that we had before, you know, you got that Rolodex of drills that you roll out and okay, we've done this a thousand times, but now it's, it's sort of reinforcing you to think how you teach things and, and doing it in fun, creative ways that the kids haven't seen before. So I do actually think it's, it's um, you know, it's going to make us better in the long run. 
So we've got this going on now. These are all these are all club practices. They're not not high school teams getting together and and, and doing anything. I mean that, that may be going on. I I don't know. I haven't seen or heard anything about that. But what I was curious about, I know we talked about with a couple of coaches throughout the spring, was holding out hope that maybe sometime late July or something could be put together. Has there been any movement on that? I mean, obviously it's got to it can't happen until the governor says it's, it can happen. You know, in terms of more people on the field and being in closer quarters and all that stuff. Um, but is there stuff taking shape that in case that does happen, it, it might, you know, might take place? There's been a few, there's been a few tournaments uh, outside the state and in, in Massachusetts and other places that have been available to, uh, to rent out. Um, but to be honest with you, Joe, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of things happen really fast. If the governor does come out and, and say, we can uh, we can start doing larger groups and, and competitive sports outside. Um, you know the, the the sad part is right now even the the indoor sports, the volleyballs, basketball, you know futsal, uh, things like that still are not able to even do small group stuff indoors. So I've I've actually fielded a lot of basketball calls recently about you know what can you do and it's like well uh, you can find some outdoor hoop space and you know you can have I mean the other difficult part is you know, should you be using this, should each kid have the same ball, but like, you know, you could have each kid bring a ball and you could be doing different shooting drills and dribbling drills. And, you know, you just got to be creative in what you're doing. So I feel a little bit bad for those sports. Um, But to, to, to get back to your original question, I think you would see opportunities for senior games pop up. I think you'd see team tournaments pop up. I know initially we, we signed up for a team tournament and I think there's, you would see a bigger emphasis this summer on um you know high school teams getting together to play where maybe in the past it would have been a little bit more travel um the other thing that may lend itself to that is the ncaa has extended their dead period for recruiting to to very late uh if not to the end of july i think division two just announced today that their dead period was going to go all the way to july 31st so you know if the governor comes out in the next week and starts to open things up i've i've heard rumors june 22nd could be a possible date where where they'd start to let some of that stuff happen you'd have almost a month there where where you could you could do some things and and do some of those senior tournaments that we've talked about or or team tournaments um before the club scene and even if the club scene does come back you're really only going to have about you know two maybe three weeks before fall sports would conceivably start practicing so the club scene this summer, unfortunately, is uh, is going to be really, really tight. Um, and so, you know, recruiting is going to be an even bigger emphasis in the fall for the kids um, for the 21 for that 21 class. And, and again, this is, you know, we're we're holding out hope on this. Neither. I don't think either one of us is saying, oh, we got to get out. Everybody has to get out there. We got to get out. It, we, I, I feel like, you know, if it's safe to do it, let's do it. Um, but totally understand that if it's if it's not safe to do if, if if we're not in a position, you know if there's a spike in 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 uh, positive tests, you know over the last week of June or something, you know if we gotta wait, we gotta wait. I, you know better to be safe than sorry. I think so. Uh, I, there's no doubt no doubt about that. But I think I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of really uh, creative and and uh, you know really uh, clubs putting a lot of thought into how they're doing this. I know for us, we, we've got it down to arrival times, when groups are coming, uh, entrances and exits that, that kids are going into, um, you know, even going as far as having bags placed six feet apart and different things. And it may sound crazy and maybe like, oh, that's logistically impossible, but it, it's not like 
in, in, if you get the word out to parents and kids, they'll do what you ask because they want to be out there so badly. And that's what gives me hope about, um, you know, school in the fall and, and sports in the fall is I think everybody really would band together to do these things. Um, you know, we have, I, I know my club has placed a little bit of trust into the parents and the families. We're asking them to pre-screen for temperature before they come to practice. And then, you know, we, we ask them the questions, uh, you know, have you been out of state? Are you experiencing, you know, a fever or symptoms or things like that before they come? And so, I, you know, I do think in order for school sports to happen, there is going to have to be a little bit of tolerance of risk in, in some, um, you know, acceptance of, of uh, good faith judgment on people. Otherwise, uh, it may it may be dif too difficult to do. But I, I, ha I certainly haven't lost hope. I've, I've actually been uh, more heartened by what I've seen this so far this summer. Well, I think I'll, I'll take that as good news. That's let's say that's good news. We'll Absolutely. That in the good news. I, I really do think it is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring our in our guest for tonight, uh, Manchester Central girls lacrosse coach Aaron Duffy. Aaron, thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Thank you guys so much for having me. How are you? We're doing well. As we like to say every week, kind of uh, hanging in there with a, a bit of a, a big sigh at the end. So, you know, you know, we're <laughs> we're surviving, I guess. We were actually we were actually just talking about how uh, you know the the club programs have have started to pop up and how it's been good for the soul for coaches to get back out there and see our kids and and see parents mm -hmm. and stuff that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, has GSE started back up? Have you guys started practices, small groups, and things? We are starting up next week, and I am so thrilled. I cannot wait. Um, we start. I start on Monday, so I'm so excited to see the girls and. It's going to be an interesting, unique experience for sure with, you know, the precautions that we're obviously taking. Um, but I cannot wait to get into just some semblance of lacrosse and seeing more people outside of my immediate circle of family and friends. You're going to love it. The girls are going to be so excited <laughs> to see it. It's, it, oh. was, uh, it was, like I said, it was very, it was very uh, heartwarming and good for the soul last week when we started and saw my, my 2024 boys show up and then uh, all the other kids too. So it was, it was good. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be so emotional. <laughs> I have to prepare for that. I've just been, you know, when we heard the news that the season was canceled, I had such an emotional roller coaster of reactions, definitely shed some tears. And um, I feel like now it's going to be that on the other end, like we're finally coming out of this a little bit. Of course, uh, Aaron, you are the head coach of uh, the Manchester Central uh, girls lacrosse team. Um, you know, you mentioned the season getting postponed there. Um, I know you and I talked a little bit last week about, um, you know, what your team was going to look like this year, but, you know, just what did you think, um, heading into this one? I know you guys had, you were, um, you were pretty happy with, with what you guys were able to do getting close to making the playoffs last year. Just what did you think about this year's group? Yeah. So I was so, so excited for this season. Um, my, this would be my fifth season, uh, with central and I've, taking the team from two wins to last year, ending the season seven and seven and missing playoffs by a tiebreaker, which was heartbreaking. Um, and we did lose quite, you know, a few seniors last year that were really strong contributors, but the squad that we had coming back this year, I was so excited about between our senior goalie, Casey Corey, um, our attacking core and our midfield, just everything I felt was going to come together this year and keep us competitive. So it really was has been devastating to lose this season um, because I, I think that next year is going to be another 
start of a rebuilding season. So. So, so you say it might be the start of a rebuilding season, but um, you know, I've, I've worked closely with uh, Dave Riddell and, and uh, the Manchester PAL program and the, and the thunder. Have you, have you started to see the result? It looks like, you know, Manchester is, is starting to see a resurgence in lacrosse, especially on the girls' side. Has that started to, to trickle down yet or, or is it still a few seasons away? I think that we're a couple of seasons away. We might start to see that in this upcoming season. Um, but I, I have also been in close contact with Dave since he was first starting to connect with the Boys and Girls Club to get that sponsorship to continue the youth lacrosse in Manchester. Um, so I'm thinking that if we have a couple come up next year, it'll be awesome. But I think definitely um, the next two to three years, we'll start to see the fruits of that. And I hope that some of those girls choose to stay in Manchester. I know some of them live, you know, in, in the Hooksa area as well. So that does give them a little bit more of an option in terms of their um, high school. But hoping that a few of them choose to stay in Manchester and, and come play for me at Central for sure. How nice would that be to have a stable of girls that have come up with already have that lacrosse IQ and have played played at a fairly high level again? And you know, you like you said, you've done an amazing job of teaching the game and, and bringing bringing that program along. But that would be that, that would be a coach's dream. I gotta think. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and thank you so much. It it is hard in Manchester, and I think that it's um, pretty clear because we don't have a. a big core of girls where lacrosse is their life, right? You know, I know a lot of schools have girls where lacrosse is their year round sport. They play club, they're playing through the winter. Um, and in, in Manchester and in, at Central, in my experience over the last five years, um, there's only a small handful of girls where, you know, maybe they play club or they play lacrosse year round. So um, that has been a unique challenge for me and has helped me really grow as a coach because I've had to focus on how do I build a high performing team and how do I hold them accountable and set high standards, but also how do I keep them engaged and how do I keep these girls coming back day after day where they may not feel that inherent draw to the game, you know? Absolutely. What, what is it about Manchester Central? You've been there for five years now and that's, that's amazing stability for, for, you know, any high school, let alone, you know, a city school that traditionally hasn't had uh, the success that, that a lot of other schools have had. Why, why Manchester Central? What, what, keeps you, what keeps you going there? Yeah, I think it was very serendipitous, my foray into high school coaching. Um, when I graduated college, I actually coached for a year for the English Lacrosse Association. So I was able to live in England and coach for a, a secondary school there, which was such an amazing experience. So I was looking when I came back um, in 2015 for like a GA position. So I was applying to different GA programs, um, looking to stay in New England. I'm a Nashua native. So I was looking, you know, around New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Um, and I ended up getting a job at, at SNHU for the online school. And it just so happened that that fall when I um, started working at SNHU, the position was open for Manchester Central. And I had been working with the Nashua Blast at the time. Um, and so through those connections, you know, someone said, hey, the central position's open. You're working in Manchester. You know, you should apply. Um, and so I did. And I was, you know, offered the position. Um, and a year later, I moved to Manchester. Um, my fiance and I moved in together in, in Manchester. He's from northern New Hampshire. So it all kind of just fell into place where I, I still have a really great established career at SNHU. Um, we bought a house here a couple of years ago. So Manchester has really just become our home. 
And so that has allowed me to remain at Central, keep that stability, foster those connections. Um, and it's, it's something that I definitely see myself continuing, at least in the near future. You know, we don't plan on moving out of Manchester anytime soon. So um, I feel very lucky that I've been given the opportunity. You know, I was very young when I applied for the position and I had coaching experience, but not a ton and not in a, you know, an urban district. Um, so I have felt very lucky to be able to establish myself. And I only have felt in the last couple of years that I'm like, okay, I got this. <laughs> I know the ex expectations. I know, you know, the cadence of the season. I know what I need to be looking for and communicating about. Um, so it's, it's definitely feels like I'm getting into my coming into my own. Um, and I've been able to build connections with coaches throughout division one. So um, it definitely feels like I am finally established in this and, I feel really good about that. So that is another drive that has kept me wanting to stay with Central. That's great. I mean, it, like we said, you know, it's it's rare to find coaching stability at any school for, you know, for that period of time. And to hear you that you're, you're wanting to build a program there, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it also comes with having realistic expectations, right? Like I know that it's going to be a challenge for us to get into that top four of a Division One. Uh, but I also have never wanted to move divisions. Um, I know that that has, has been a conversation with other Manchester schools. Um, but my opinion over the last few years is that we, if we stay in division one, we will continue to build and be competitive. You know, we may still have really challenging games against the Pinkertons and the Bedfords of the world, but we're, we have been competitive over the last few years with the Nashua Norths, the Merrimacks, um, even Londonderry last year, we had a competitive game. So I feel that that's more important than having more wins. I know sometimes like parents and players probably wouldn't agree with me, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it's better for our program. You know, who, um, you mentioned um, going over the, over the team, um, you know, where you felt your strengths were. And, and of course that comes with what having some seniors, who, who were some of the seniors this year that, um, you know, you were looking to that uh, were, were going to be kind of your leaders and, and on and off the field. Yeah, so we had two um, captains this year voted last year by the team, Casey Kafori and Emily Ahern. Um, Casey was our goalie. So she has been someone who over the last four years has just grown immensely as a player and as a person. And it has been such an honor to be a part of that. Um, she was one of the players last year who really took it upon herself to come and communicate with me about like, Hey coach, this is what I'm hearing on the, on the bus or on the sidelines or, you know, behind the scenes. And this is what I think we should do about it. Um, and so I was really, really excited to see her come into her own as a senior. And she has just, she has been the reason the past couple of years that we've stayed competitive and been, you know, kept into those competitive games. Um, Emily Ahern and the Dudley are our little dynamic duo on the attacking end. So um, they, since their freshman year have been contributors um, just in terms of scoring of assists of their, their vision of the field and their, their ability to dictate kind of what goes on on that end. Um, and we had a really athletic base coming up from our freshmen and sophomores, um, not a ton of girls who had played the game for many years beforehand, um, but girls who put in the effort, you know, maybe they play field hockey. So they have, a little bit of an easier time adapting to the field sense. Um, so I, I think that those girls will lead us to be athletic and competitive in the next couple of years. Um, and that 
building the lax IQ will probably be my priority going forward. Oh, are we all still there? Did we lose everybody? Oh, I got I'm you. Here. I oh. cut out for a second, Joe. Oh, okay. Sorry about Sorry that. About that. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the trouble with not being able to see each other is it's <laughs> who's going to ask the next question? When are we, when are we going to go I next? Know. <laughs> um, you know, um, you talked a little bit about your, your freshmen and, and, and sophomores coming up. And, and you know, you said, um, too, you know, that – you've got you've got girls that that play other sports as well and you mentioned the field hockey aspect and and you know they've been a competitive team too you know do you how much of that do you maybe um try to do you know if if there's uh you know some some girls talk about oh this girl from this sport you know is really good i think she'd be a fit do you do you try to 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 maybe talk some kids into coming out and playing as you're as you're building up a program too Yes, absolutely. That is, I think that is so huge. Um, I have developed a, a pretty good working relationship with the field hockey coach, Coach Phil. Um, so he, you know, he comes to a couple of our games in the spring and he's really, really supportive. Um, and so he sends girls my way because he knows that at the very least, they're going to be kept conditioned for another season going into the summer where they do field hockey workouts. Um, but I really rely a lot on word of mouth. And I think that that comes with what I mentioned before with the balance of how do I keep them engaged. I really try to focus on how do I keep it fun? How do I make sure that regardless of the record at the end of the year or regardless of, you know, how many away games we win or home games we win, how do I make sure that they remember the fun times like singing karaoke on the best rides home, you know, because those are the things that they're going to talk about. And that's what's going to get underclassmen or um, girls from other sports interested in being like, oh, okay, well, that sounds kind of fun. I feel like I might give it a try. Um, I also make sure to make sure it's really open. Like I say all the time, you don't have to have any experience. You don't have to have a stick. I'll make sure you have a stick. I'll make sure you have goggles. If you come and you show up ready to learn, ready to put in some effort, I can make you into a lacrosse player. Um, so I think that that has helped with our numbers over the year, which inevitably, if you have good numbers, you're going to be able to build some strong athletes out of that, in my opinion. <laughs> so, Aaron, if you so knowing that you you lost this year, you didn't have you didn't have a year with with the freshman that came up, and then you, know, you think it's going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year next year. What would you tell the girls that they might not know about you? What what would they what could they expect if, as you as a coach next year? Oh, that is a great question that they wouldn't know about me. I would like them to know that I have really high expectations. Right. What could they expect? Yeah, that I have high expectations and I expect them to come in physically ready, meaning they've been running, they've been sprinting, they've been doing some body weight workouts. Um, and that way, when it comes to the lacrosse element, we can just focus on lacrosse. Um, so that's really my huge, what I preach in the off season every single year is do the work. Do the work by working out, running. Um, I try to give them a lot of resources, you know, packets of suggested workouts, suggested running, you know, um, programs. Um, and then that allows me, I think, to set the expectation of like, okay, I've given you all these resources. So when I see you in the second week of March, you better not be sucking wind. <laughs> or, and you so better would, it, not would it be true to say like, that you're you're looking for you're not necessarily looking for a polished lacrosse player, but you're looking for an athlete. You're looking for someone who who's a hard worker who wants to come in and learn the game, and you'll teach them. Yes, I definitely think that's fair to say because I I really think it's easier to teach somebody 
an effective way to cradle or how to improve their passing or their shots. Um, but I think if somebody comes in without anything and they're, they can't run, they can't sprint, they're sucking wind, they can't do a push up, then it's a lot harder to add in those lacrosse elements and hone those lacrosse elements. I love it. So, mm-hmm. so as a te- as a teacher, what did you, what, you know, I saw you spent a lot of time abroad. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you went over, you, you worked with the ELA, the English Lacrosse Association. Um, mm-hmm. Was that through that? Was that through Lacrosse the Pond by any chance? It wasn't. No. Um, not that I remember. I'm trying to think back. So I played lacrosse at Elmira College, which is um, division three in Empire eight out, out in Western New York. Um, and my coach had gone through the program after she had graduated. She was, she graduated from St. Mary's college a while before that. Um, so I'm trying to think she had initially like pointed me in that direction. Um, and then from there I worked through the U S lacrosse to apply to the ELA. Um, and I remember like my senior year of college going down to, um, like Baltimore to Johns Hopkins, I think to interview (laughs) and, um, found out a few months later that I was offered a, a role. And so then I started the fall after I graduated college um, working. So it was like in conjunction with the with US Lacrosse and ELA working together to get a group of us over to disperse us throughout schools over there. Yeah, I mean, I, I first, I got an opportunity to go over back in, back in 2012 and, and mm-hmm. I haven't looked back. I, I've caught the travel bug and I encourage yeah. all of the kids, all my alumni who, you know, if they're not necessarily ready to jump right into a job after college and they're not exactly sure what they want to do. I tell them to take advantage of that. It, it's such a life to me. It's, I wish I had done it earlier. Um, but what did, what did you take away from that experience over there? Did you bring anything back? Did you experience a different type of coaching? Um, what, what were you able to, to bring back from, from playing and, and coaching abroad? Yeah, I think that, so we went through a week of training with the English lacrosse association. So if you think of like us lacrosse certification, days but it's like built into a week so you're going through like levels one through three in a single week you're immersed in it you're thinking talking doing lacrosse all day so I took a lot away from that because um, I think it it was a lot more hands-on and focused than some of the U.S. lacrosse trainings like I'm certified U.S. lacrosse um, level two and I'm halfway to my level three but that one week of the ELA trainings I took away certain elements of like things that have stuck with me, like not turning your back on the drill. Like if you're moving away from a drill, you back away so that you still have the entire field and all the girls in front of you. Um, and then the, the progression of drills, right? So I was working with kids who were 11 who had never heard of lacrosse before all the way up to kids who were 18 um, playing for English lacrosse. Um, so really figuring out how to effectively progress drills so that as a coach, You don't have to overthink it, but you still have something in your arsenal for every single type of player. Um, I think that has really helped me in Manchester because the skill levels truly run the gamut, just like they did over there. Um, I think that also really helped my administrative side. You know, coming right out of college, I didn't have a ton of that experience. So I was able to fully understand the importance of planning practice and having the times set out and having a backup plan for something that's inevitably not going to go well. Um, So I think that that really is what I was able to take with me as that experience to be effective in Manchester right away, knowing that 
Um, it's a huge district. The athletic coordinators have a ton of responsibilities. So a lot of that organization and administrative stuff really starts with me. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you had the perfect training ground. So even though you said you were young when you took over the position, it, it sounds like you had the perfect training opportunity to be kind of immersed in that. You know, it sounds like you were able to get experience with with differentiated teaching and, and learning. You know, you had a, a broad range of kids, just like just like you have in Manchester when you come in. So it's it's a fantastic opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I encourage all my kids to do it. I saw you got to play, too. You 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 did. You got to play in the Prague Cup as well. I did. Yeah. So I think that that was um, after my junior year. So I was the summer between my junior and senior year in college. I traveled with USA Athletes International um, to Prague and to um, Berlin. We actually played like a little scrimmage in Berlin before we went over to the Prague Cup. Um, And that was so fun. I still keep in touch with the girls and the guys who were on the teams that we traveled with. Um, That was really my first experience traveling outside the country um so obviously it was like not with my family but I went with two of my college teammates so that was such an amazing experience to play in another country um play with athletes from different colleges that I would never have been exposed to before um we had such a great time that's something I think about very often yeah my brother went on that same trip and uh speaks of it in the same way he was he loves it still stays in touch with with a lot of the people that he went over on that trip with and uh yeah it's great great experience yeah it was so cool it was you know we were safe we were you know chaperoned in a sense even though we were all adults um we got to see some some historical elements did some tours uh, but then we just we got to play lacrosse and it also it was a little bit less pressure than you know your college team um but still had that competitive exciting spirit so it was a really great time sounds like a perfect spring break trip for uh for <laughs> next year i know right oh man i have to really kick up my fundraising <laughs> <laughs> all right i think uh i think we made it through the uh the easy questions there i think uh coach, oh no <laughs> uh, coach hetler do you you want to break out the uh oh no okay <laughs> all right so we've got the questions here <laughs> So we've got the uh, we we've done sort of a, a quarantine question uh, mm-hmm. at the at the end of all of our interviews here, and uh, sort of a chance for the the girls maybe to get to know you a little bit as well <laughs> as uh, as well as you know get for you to highlight some of the girls on the team, um, potentially. If so, we'll see. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with the girls on the team. Mm-hmm. Who who this year would have been your entertainer or DJ? Who who brings who brings the music to practice? Who brings the beats to practice every day? Oh, that is such a great question. Um, so I would say that I would rely on Casey for that. So Casey Kafori, our goalie, um, one of our senior captains. So she, so last year it was shout out to uh, 2019 senior Riley Cavanaugh. She was our Apple Music playlist go-to. Um, and last year the girls actually chipped in to get this huge, like speaker that had a microphone. Um, so that's how we do karaoke on the bus. <laughs> so I think that I would leave it to Casey to get that started, but truly they all contribute. They all have just the most interesting music taste. And, you know, I, I really don't feel that much older than them, but when they play their music, I really do. <laughs> that started for me recently too. That started for me. So. I'm like, okay, is that what we're listening to? Sure. <laughs> all right so who would have been all right it sounds like you know Aaron it sounds like you don't have a bad day very often but when coach when coach is a little grumpy when when practice isn't going well 
who's the team jokester who all of a sudden can can turn it around and make things a little bit lighter oh i think or who, um, will be that? who will be that person? yeah <laughs> so um one of our juniors this year sophia leonard she is so quiet but she's such a wild card um she, I think that she is the one who would turn it around because she is pretty perceptive and it picks up on, you know, when I, when things are turning and I, I'm not a huge yeller, but you can tell when, when I'm about to shift things to, all right, drop your sticks and get on the line. Um, and so I think that she is going to fill that role next year. And I, I got to see them in February at the end of February when we had those really nice days, we had a few open practices. Um, and even just like from last year to this year, I could tell Sophia has really started to even come out more. So I, I think she's going to be that person who keeps us grounded, keeps us laughing. Nice. All right. So we'll, we'll move, we'll transition here. What would the, uh, what would the girls, uh, what would they not know? What, what hidden talent do you have that the girls wouldn't know about? Hmm. Hidden talent. I'm a really good cook and I don't cook for them. <laughs> so um, I don't think they would know that, but I'm, I'm definitely, I cook a lot. I love to experiment um, with different recipes and different flavors. So I think that that is one of my hidden talents that they wouldn't really know about. Well, that that's perfect. Cause that was my next question. Favorite, favorite meal that you put together during quarantine. Oh, that is actually easy to answer. Um, it's chicken marsala. So I have Ooh, never made nice. chicken marsala before, but it's one of my mom's favorite dishes. And because we couldn't spend her birthday together, I made her dinner and brought it over. Um, so that was my first time making it, but it came out really good. So I made it again this week for myself. <laughs> I, I, like, I think uh... I think you get to show off that talent next year when you have when you have your first team pasta party, when you have your your first team uh, dinner before the before the game next year. I should. I usually leave it to the parents to do the cooking for those, but I should uh, bring a dish myself. That's a good idea. I feel like that's been the uh, the most common answer uh, is cooking. So I think maybe mm-hmm. next year, uh, one thing we're going to have to look at doing is maybe having a coach's cooking challenge. I uh, and then I, I will uh, I will volunteer to be the judge on that. Or uh, or so. better yet, Joe, how about a, how about a coach's cooking uh, a co- coach's cookbook you could put together? <laughs> a coach's class. yearbook. Oh. yearbook. <laughs> Everyone that sends in their best recipes. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. That sounds great. (laughs) All right. We'll give you one more here. Uh, Favorites or or best could be both. Um, Best book or or series that you've been binge watched during during quarantine. Oh, okay. So I'll give you one for each. So I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Have been since I was like seven years old. Um, So I actually I have all the books on audio. Um, and so I've just listened to every single book. I'm almost done the seventh book. Um, and I just listen when I walk my dog or I'm doing cleaning or on the house or yard work. Um, so I'm almost done with that. And then the show that has just been my absolute go-to on Netflix is the great British baking show. It's just so wholesome. I've seen every season twice now, but (laughs) it's like, (laughs) no matter what kind of day you're having, if you put on the great British baking show, you're going to get something out of it. That's uh, that's the way I am with Law and Order. I've been watching so much Law and Order over the last three months. It's it's ridiculous, <laughs> and I've seen every episode probably at least twice, maybe three or four times. Yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron, thank you. That was great, and uh, you know it was, it was great to get a glimpse into uh, into your coaching career and what you're doing over at Manchester Central. You're doing some great things, and uh, you know we're looking definitely looking forward to uh, seeing the continued growth in the, in the coming years. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for 
spotlighting lacrosse and um, for keeping an eye on Central. I know it can be easy to, you know, disregard Manchester teams, but I really appreciate the work that you do to keep everybody in the know and in the loop and all of your support means a lot. So thank you guys for all you do. Oh, thank you. And, and, and thanks again, Aaron, for joining us. Absolutely. And enjoy, and enjoy the time with the girls. <laughs> enjoy the time with the girls next week. You're going to, you're going to love it. Oh, I will. I can't wait. Thank you guys so much. And thanks again uh, to Aaron Duffy, the uh, Manchester Central girls lacrosse coach for taking some time to chat with us. Um, I was, you know, some of that uh, that background stuff I was I was not aware of. I'm glad that she was able to share a lot of that with us and some interesting things that I, I know you as a as a lacrosse coach were were aware of some of the things she was talking about. I I was not, um, so I'm glad. Uh, very uh, very informative interview to hear uh, on my end. I'm not I'm not sure about your end. I, no, I thought it was great. I mean, it's just really really cool life experience. Uh, you know, the the opportunity she's had to, you know. Uh, dive into almost get a, a coaching tutorial before you know she took over a program a lot of coaches have to learn you know kind of on the fly and they make mistakes and you know she got trained by some of the best the the ela does a great job my, my time i spent with the the english men's national team you know they have a really structured program and and they really do try and develop coaches and sometimes it can be a little too rigid but i think you know when you're walking into a situation like like manchester central where where maybe they haven't had a whole lot of structure and stability and things like that and it just sounded like she's the she was the perfect hire and the perfect right, fit yeah. And, yeah, and, absolutely. you know um you know we weren't we weren't kidding i mean to be anywhere for five years or more uh takes a lot of a lot of dedication and and us you know buy-in from the administrators and the girls and the parents so yeah, absolutely it's very exciting very exciting to see that program taking off and I, I think with the emergence of the the girl side of manchester pal and the the thunder there that um you know there's there's good things in the future there um would love to see the city you know throw some more money at their facilities and, and help upgrade their fields and things like that but all in good time i guess um hopefully hopefully sometime soon for them so we are we are hitting i think a couple of uh, important dates this week obviously um so as everyone's listening to this it's what thursday june 11th or at least that's the day that we're posting this podcast on the website uh which june 11th marking the three month date or three months exactly uh, from the last NHIAA event uh, that was held, um, that was the uh, that last Wednesday in March when there were uh, playoff games. Uh, you know, I remember being at the um, Goffstown Merrimack boys preliminary game and standing next to the Merrimack AD uh, Mike Susie, and just kind of you know, it it, it had the, the air there had a feeling. I think we talked about this earlier of just like of like maybe it was going to be a snow day the next day kind of thing, you know, like something was, something was going to happen. And I yeah. remember asking him, I was like, do you really think that they could call off the entire spring season? And he just kind of, I think, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, what he said, but his answer was along the lines of if, if the colleges can do it, you know, you got to think high, the high school season could be in, in jeopardy. And, and sure enough, uh, here we are here we are yeah and then um of course we are recording this uh wednesday june 10th and uh i i i don't i'm hoping i'm not uh hitting a nerve with this one but tonight would have been the uh division two boys semifinals. Uh, i think the girls uh championship games were also a couple of them maybe only one of them was scheduled for tonight so yeah tough uh i think this is a, maybe a tough week for everyone um not just because of we're now at three months doing this, but just because this would have been this would have been the last week of the season. 
It would have, and and yeah, it's tough. And uh, God, you know, my 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 Facebook feed reminds me every day of the memories yeah. there that, that pop up on you. You know, you see the 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 posts that you've had from previous years, and it reminds you of when you've been in the playoffs and, and pictures and stuff. Believe it or not, Joe, it's actually I think I think a lot of people have moved i i've moved out of the grieving stage and now it's actually fun to look back on those things and kind of see that and um you know we've had a lot of celebrations lately too we just had our graduation at Dairyfield today i think a lot of other high schools are doing that too and um at some point you got to move forward and you got to look look to the the positive times you've had together and the good times that'll still come so yeah uh today you know we we were we were definitely hoping that we were going to be in that semifinal again and playing and uh Hopefully, you know, it's it's uh, it's late at night here. We would have hopefully hopefully been having a nice party, too. But at the same time, it didn't happen. So we got we to look towards, towards next year you know, and, and rebuilding the program. So I guess that kind of brings us to uh, a story I wanted to talk about uh, with you. Um, it was in the uh, it was on, on Seacoast Online the other day, uh, written by uh, Ryan O'Leary. Uh, it was great. Uh, the great editor out there, great reporter, um, does a lot of great work for them. Uh, the headline on the story says, uh, baseball in the fall, football in the spring. Here's a proposal some NHADs were in favor of. Uh, it just so happens we have an NHAD on the line right now. Yeah, and so just just so the, the listeners know, this is definitely not something that's set in stone or something that's, uh, you know, uh, going to definitely happen. But it is something that's been talked to, you know, the NHIA and NADs have talked about, you know, what are some creative things that we could do? to kind of make sure that that sports do happen in the fall. And, um, you know, so one of those things they've talked about is moving some of the more contact sports like football, field hockey, and soccer that have traditionally happened in the fall and moving them to the spring. I, you know, we, we've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times. I, I'm a firm believer that uh, your best chance to play those particular sports would be to try and do them right away in the fall. Um, you know, with, with coronavirus cases, going down and uh you know new york city has one of its best days there you know it feels like parts of the country are, are recovering your best chance might be to try and try and do it when when the cases are as low as they are um i think i think the idea of moving them to the spring would be well maybe we'll have a vaccine by then we'll have better treatments by then but there's no guarantee of that happening so you you could go you know, another spring where we might be back, you're coming out of cold and flu season, right? And if there's no no viable treatment or vaccine, we might be back in the same situation we were this year. Not to not to be a downer right now, but um, right. couldn't you see that being a realistic well, well, either scenario? that or the and the one that that, that Ryan um, kind of poses in the in this um, this story here is is what if it comes back in the fall? You know, and you, you yeah. do you do flip flip the seasons here, and you're going to play baseball and softball in the fall. What if it comes back in the fall again? And now you're talking about missing, you know, and then you've already moved all the fall sports to the spring, so you're not, you know, you, you're missing basically two seasons worth, uh, because not yeah, kind of because you you made this change here. Not that, and, and again, like you said, it's not definite. Um, and if it feels like at the time the right thing to do, then I will be on board with this, but. I think I think it's just great to have a plan like that. There's some kind of a plan being put together like that. We're not just all of a sudden going to show, you know, everyone's going to show up um, August 14th for the first day of football or, or you know, or everyone's going to get together August 13th and be like, so what are we doing for the fall here? Like, what's what's going to go on? Um, th- no, I mean, as we 
Yeah, as we've talked about a couple times, we've, there's there's a there's an AD task force uh, reopen you know reopening um, group that's together, and then the NHIA is also doing something, and we're also waiting on guidance from you know from the the state and national level as well as to what what we can do um, for the fall. But people, this is just an example of people thinking like, okay, you know maybe we could do things like cross country and golf and you know, sports that are a little bit easier to social distance in the fall in the meantime to give us some more time to figure this out. But as, as, as Ryan brought up in the article, you know, yes, you could potentially, you might start the baseball season and you could lose playoffs or you might not get any of it at all. Right. And then you've got all these sports in the spring. How do you even logistically do that? Now you're talking about football, soccer, field hockey, lacrosse, uh, you know, yeah, volleyball. Yeah, that's the one thing like, that really doesn't doesn't get talked about. Space. Like it's yeah, like the, there's no you know where where do all those teams? How do you practice? Yeah. How do how do all those teams actually share? You know, most schools. I mean, you know, we we we're in a pretty good situation where we have we have uh you know a couple nice grass fields and a turf field. But even in the situation we're in, we would struggle with with that many teams looking for practice spaces. You know, and and there's a lot of schools that are lucky that they have one nice practice field. You know, so I, I just don't know how that would work logistically. Yeah. You know, and then you run into to some other things, too. Um, like you mentioned lacrosse there. There's, you know, no talk of this being in the fall. So you assume then it would be in the spring. Um, there's a lot of kids that play that and football. Um, you know, I saw someone mention on Twitter, too, baseball, softball. You're, so you're, you're talking about having their championship games in late October, early November, potentially when it's snowing and cold and, cold. and rainy. Um so, you know, that would be another challenge to, to trying to do that. Um, you know, I, and, and I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say, well, these are all the reasons that you can't do it. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative about this because it's, it's like I said, it's at least something. Um, but yeah, these are some of the, the issues I think that would have to be worked out. And, you know, to be, I think you're right though. I think at this point, you know, it, it, the best bet may just to be move on as planned. Like, you know, I play the fall in the fall, the winter in the winter, in the spring in the spring. Um, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what happens here. And of course, you know, we, you mentioned potential dates of when they start to let, you know, more kids onto the field to do things. And what we, we found out this week, or la- was it last end of last week, that, that the 15th is going to be the first day that, that restaurants can start having dine-in. Um, so, you know, I think we'll find out, uh, maybe early July then, you know, where, where this is really at. I think that's going to be a big, big test of, of where we are with this, uh, you know, when more people are going out and, and being around each other and being around each other indoors. Yeah. You know, I've heard, you know, there's other, there were talks too, that, you know, maybe, maybe for one year, and this would be disappointing a little bit, but at least it would be better than nothing, but perhaps we keep the sports in the same season that they're in. And maybe the NHIA just puts out a schedule and says, hey, you know what? For this year, we're just going out and we're competing. We're playing for the love of the game. And there are no playoffs this year. And you play as many games as you can play. And, yeah, we'll keep records and standings. But, you know, there's a chance that, you know, somebody on your team gets it. And then all of a sudden your team has to quarantine for two weeks. And you miss, you know, you miss all those games. Maybe we're just trying to play as many games as we can this fall, you know, and yeah. it's just it's an opportunity to get back out on the field and play, you know, and maybe there's no guarantee of a state champion or or, or uh, a championship of any kind. And, you know, while that would be I think that would be really disappointing at first, it would be better to play something and, and have an opportunity to be with your friends than, than to do nothing at all. So I, I think that's that could be a possibility as well during the fall and maybe maybe throughout the entire year is that it's more of just an intramural sport, you know. Yeah, I would certainly take that at this point. Just uh, having, you know, just a, a 
a couple of games to go to, regardless of of the the um, you know what they are, right? You know, ex- exhibition, regular season, playoff, whatever they are. I I would just take something to go to. the The thought of of having this happen again in the fall, where there's no sports, is is one that I've uh, unfortunately had creep into my mind in the last week or so, and and I'm not uh, I'm trying to push it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you know, and then and then it brings up you mentioned going to the games and and you know what 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 do we do with press and and with parents and and people that want to watch keep people that want to watch the game that'll be interesting to see how we we tackle that over the coming months too what we feel confident you know it's similar to the restaurant situation right where maybe it's a percentage of max capacity that you can have in your stands or in your in your uh, in your high school gymnasiums and places like that maybe places where you know, maybe the soccer field's a little bit open. Maybe you can spread people up, and you don't need to do that. But it'll be interesting to see how that's that's handled as well. Well, I will say uh, I have no problem being the guy that has to stand all the way over in the corner by himself to, to watch. <laughs> uh, sometimes I Isn't that even, normally you? Yeah, I was going to say sometimes anyway? I even prefer that. Uh, so that's, that. you know, I, I will stay more than six feet away from everybody, so don't worry. <laughs> well, I, I, I agree with you. I hope we, we've got that opportunity. So, um you know, just for the listeners out there, know that we are we are trying to plan things, and uh, I think the majority of the schools, every AD I've talked to, all of their all their superintendents and principals are working really hard to try and figure out a way to get it back to brick and mortar in the in the fall to get because we know how much the kids miss uh, being on campus. Absolutely. Well, uh, Chris, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this week's show. Um... We made it through. I think we're uh, we're recharged. We're ready to to wrap this up over the next couple of weeks. And uh, you know, I, I think um, we'll maybe have a few more guests before we finish up, and maybe end the end the year with kind of a look ahead to uh, a potential twenty twenty one. What do you think? I absolutely. It sounds great to me. I'd love to do it. And uh, you know, it's, it'll be a good way to wrap it up. And who knows? Maybe we'll have in the coming on Friday. Maybe the governor will give us more to talk about. I mean, we'll be even more even more positive news coming out. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, That's right. He is uh, Dairy Field Boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Th- Chris, thanks again for doing this. Yo, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me again. And I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.